Welcome back to Glass Onion Minute. This is Movie by Minute podcast where we break down the second of the Knives Out Mysteries, Glass Onion. We're going to do it one minute of screen time per episode. I am your host this week. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. I am the host of the Locked On MLB podcast and also previously was the Sully Baseball podcast. And for those of you who are in the Movies by Minute community, I was the host of the Bull Durham podcast and the soon-to-be-recorded Graduate Minute. And my guest host for this week remains... Yep, I am Rick Ingham from the Mad Max Minute. Rick, on today's minute, we're covering episode number 125, which begins... With Helen raising the destruction. Why did you... ah! oh. Okay. What? What? What is it? What do you want? We're not. Ah! Oh my God! Whoa! Miles, Miles, uh, fire extinguishers, Miles, Miles, Andy, Andy, uh, Helen, a fire extinguisher. Oh my God! 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 Oh I can't say stop or enough to this movie, but as I had said in the previous minutes, when the music was playing and it was playful, there was a certain everyone could just sort of smirk and smile and have fun with this. But now the destruction's getting real mm-hmm. to the point where the destructors who were participating in the action but not the emotion of the destruction suddenly are seemingly back on Miles' side to try to stop it and uh, this scene i mean the music actually does pick up a little bit in this scene but it's no longer playful it's now more ominous yeah it's reached a new level of destruction because before yeah we're destroying glass sculpture and whatnot but now helen is attacking the liquor cabinet yeah and (laughs) it's getting them where it hurts now yeah it's a whole other level at this point but there's Ah, there's a level of cleverness to Helen taking out that liquor cabinet. Yeah. And that everyone sees like, I mean, when she comes up and she smashes it, 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 it goes through and immediately you see Birdie reacting. Everyone goes back. And now the whole time miles and this, by the way, great. Let's just, again, Edward Norton, obviously, is a wonderful actor. He's always been an incredible actor. I've never met the man. I don't. I know he has the reputation of not being the easiest person to work with. I've never met him, and I think his acting is great. So I like to see him in movies. Everyone else has got to deal with him. But you see that his sort of smirking, throwing down the glass himself. Now he can no longer hold it. He is mad. He mm-hmm. is like he now. It's like okay, this has to. The, you this has to reach an end here so and when the thing is destroyed 
and 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 just smashed over and over again and then he's like what do you want and and keep in mind how many words has helen said during this whole destruction oh she's been entirely silent this whole week hasn't she that's right that's right and she's letting she's she can she could have a great speech she mm-hmm. could have a clever wit, sort of quips, or even just saying "oops," because she does kind of an "oops" face when she throws one of the things to the ground. But now it's like, no, I'm I'm letting my actions speak for myself. And she walks right over, grabs the the lighter from his hand, pushes over the thing with the little little glass marbles in it, and then lights lights it on fire and lights the the was it the liquor cabinet on fire? And at that point, Edward Orton's face, or Miles's face, goes to terror. And everyone's face, I mean, you, you, everyone's face goes to terror. Birdie, like, loses it. And there's, this is, it's no, folks, it's no longer fun. Yeah, everyone is freaking out. <laughs> Lionel, oh, God bless him, goes over to try and keep... Helen from throwing a blanket into the fire, but of course he happens to trip on the little glass orbs that have fallen out of the bowl that Helen <laughs> tripped over. It's a nice shot of you see those little orbs rolling across the floor, and you're like, "Oh, right. who is going to trip on those?" The answer is Lionel. He's going to be the, the one. And the thing that I love is we, as we as we said in the previous couple of minutes, everyone joined in in the destruction, just the act of the destruction instead of the emotion of it. And you saw that Claire and Lionel, who were the two more logical of the destructors left, kind of like, oh, maybe we will join in. Sure, maybe we will join in. But you see, at this point, they're like, oh, no, no, this is not going. Claire is freaking out. Lionel is trying to stop it and then kind of has the little Keystone Cops thing where he slips. And you have the great shot through the fire at Helen, where she's um, she's borderline demonic. It's like we're bringing we're bringing hell to the glass onion at this point. Yep. And I teased this on on yesterday's episode when we covered Minute Eighty Nine. I just watched. Um, there's a great Netflix series about the absolute catastrophe that was Woodstock '99. That was the again trying to cash in. They they did. Woodstock obviously was the the great concert that took place in what was it 68 60 whatever year it was which I'm sure was miserable if you actually went to it but it's been romanticized by the boomers as this great moment they replicated it in 94 and that was a success and everyone made a lot of money so they tried again in 99 probably guessing this was going to be like the Olympics it was going to be every four or five years we're going to have a Woodstock except it was no longer peace and love in Woodstock 99, it was the Limp Biscuits of the world and the Red Hot Chili Peppers of the world who are more sort of anger-aggressive rock. And of course, people, it was the, the corporations coming in and selling like $4 water bottles and not having enough food, not having enough, not having working toilets. And the place turned into a, a riot where they, first it was, oh, we're just going to headbanging and it's just going to be a lot of screaming and fun. And then you found out then there were riots and stuff was destroyed and people were attacked. And it went from, oh, this is kind of fun, crazy fun to, 
it's dangerous now. Yep. And it, and it, not, I'm not in Helen's mind, but in everyone else's mind, it went from, Hey, we're just, we're just letting it out. We're letting it out and having fun. And, and Bertie says, Oh man, this feels good. That's so what she totally doesn't understand why they're doing it. Oh, that felt so good. This action. But now it's like, Oh, this is no longer fun. We are now in danger. And wh- how do we contain this person? And that just, for some reason, it reminded me of Woodstock 99 of MTV. Like, oh, it's all going to be crazy. People are going to be crazy. Oh, my God. We, people are going to die. So there you go. Fire and destruction. Yeah. Were you at Woodstock 99? Oh, no. I was far away from Woodstock 99. I knew, I knew much better yeah. than to even try. I was 27 years old and living in, <laughs> and living in New York. I think I might have been the exact demographic that maybe a couple of years old, too old, but like I certainly a guy in my twenties, a single guy in my twenties living in New York. I was probably who they were aiming at to go there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even occur to me. And even when I watched the the documentary, it's a documentary series on Netflix. And it's, it's, it was fascinating because there's a lot of footage of like you got to see how the thing fell apart. And I remember thinking, God, I none of this music means anything to me. None <laughs> of it. None of it. It's like, were people actually listening to that? I guess. Corn? I guess. <laughs> you know, the, the freaking Limp Biscuit. People really said, oh, I can't wait to listen to Limp Biscuit. All right. I guess. I guess they did. That's one of those, like, thank God that completely, you know, completely came and went. And I was like, I'm going to watch, you know, I think that was the summer I was watching the Phantom Menace over and over again, trying to convince myself that it was good. (laughs) You know, that was actually a wild summer for movies. You had, you had the two massive letdowns, which were the Phantom Menace and Eyes Wide Shut. But you also had, like, you had the Sixth Sense came out and Mm -hmm. something about Mary and the Matrix, and the weird Blair Witch Project thing that happened, and I remember there was a lot of stuff came out. I just remember there was always a reason to go to the movies that year, and eventually being John Malkovich came out, which I just, uh, that to me was just, that was unbelievable experience seeing that in a movie theater of the giant WTF moment that was constantly happening in that movie. (laughs) I digress. All right, well, look at, we've gone from smashing glass and glass on the ground to Helen looking up from the flames and knowing no nobody know what to do. And to the point that when she's grabbing like the throw pillows and the, the, you know, the, the blankets, now the same people who were alongside her are trying to stop her. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say that the destructors are all so superficial that even the moments of, we're on your side, Helen. Oh, no, we're not. You know, the minute it got to have any level of actual danger, they just showed their true colors, which was, we will do this as long as it's the fun act of breaking some glass things on the ground. But if it's actual violence and actual anger, we do not have your back at all. And I think that's critical for the movie. And it's critical for it to show that Miles still has his talents in all these people. Exactly. 
Yeah. And they may they may want to put on a bit of a show, smashing all of the things around the room. But Helen is going the extra mile. She's throwing the very jacket off of her back into this fire to feed the flames of her indignation. And it shows the destruction that they want wasn't real destruction. Just like the indignation they felt was not real indignation. Mm-hmm. Like whiskey throws a middle finger up. Great. But what does that what does that really do? Nothing. You know, it doesn't get to him at all. He shrugs it off. He even says, I think I think when she, when whiskey flips him off, I think he says, Really? As if to say that that you're really gonna do that? You think that's yeah. gonna affect me? But you see by the last moment of this minute the uh edward norton obviously again i'm gonna praise him like crazy because i think he's he's such a great actor and you're seeing when he says stop enough he is 180 degrees from the whole smirk going "Hmm, really okay keep going like you wonder how much of him wanting to scream stop enough has been there this whole time except now he just he can't help it he just can't you know, he just has to to express his anger. Yeah, he's done playing along. And he, oh man, he is about to find out just how little control over this situation he has and how high he is about to be hoisted by his own petard. Yeah, and that's a great, you buy that's a great way to put it because he doesn't have control but he's still maintaining the illusion of control, even by him joining in, throwing the glass down mm-hmm. and that his, every element of him has been an illusion of I'm smart. I'm powerful. I have intelligent. I surround myself with brilliant people. I'm a brilliant person. And what is the, the, the rage that Helen is feeling is that his desire to put that facade up is what got her sister killed. Yep. He, he was willing to kill her sister to keep this facade up. And so that's where her anger is built from. For everyone else, it's just, oh, this is what kids do today. You know, it's it's the, you know, it's the sweatshop again for Birdie. Or the, was it the, ener- the, the, the form of energy that, that Claire was willing to back up where, mm-hmm. where there's no research behind it? Everything is just on the surface. And, oh, man, now it's like it's exposing it and exposing that he is. No, I really don't have any power. So, yeah, there you go. There's good stuff coming. Great stuff. coming, Rick, tell me more things. Tell me any other thoughts that you have. We could talk about spoilers a little bit. And on Fridays, we, we do we could do our spoiler Friday. We could talk about parts of the movie that happened later than here. I don't know. It, it, it It's bizarre. Who would be listening to this show unless you've seen the movie before? Like, oh, I'm going to listen to a movie by minute. <laughs> then I'm going to pop it in. Like, no, I mean, at least. But, but like when this continues and it led to the actual burning of the Mona Lisa. I mean, what, what, what was your take when you saw the level of the destruction that she was willing to do? You know, I definitely did not expect for the Mona Lisa to get burned. I definitely got a kick out of what she's about to do with that tiny bit of clear that Benoit palmed her yeah. on Monday. Uh, I, I thought that was excellent, the way they brought that back and really brought down the house with it. More, but Yeah, so to speak. But having 
the destruction of the Mona Lisa be, I guess the, the, the icing on the cake or the cherry on the Sunday to, you know, making miles ultimate dream come true. I love that line in retrospect, the whole, like he wants to be remembered in the same breath as the Mona Lisa and Helen does that for him because he'll forever be known as the guy who had the Mona Lisa Lisa when it was destroyed and it was destroyed by his new alternative fuel. Right. And, and, you know, I love it when they play this song, Mona Lisa, as it's happening. And of course they do the great touch at the very end when she, when she's sitting, the very final shot of the movie is she's sitting like the Mona Lisa and, and has the smile like the Mona Lisa. But, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's the, the thing that I, the, the thing that the, I, I brought up that for a reason because I did want to connect that to the minutes that we did. So much art is destroyed in this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. On, like left and right, left and smash, smash, smash. There's nothing. We don't care. It's like, it's all meaningless. It's all NFTs. It's all things that have no real value. But then there's something that actually has value. And that, that's the, like, she knows if I get the thing that has actual, none of this, nobody cares. He didn't even, he didn't even stop drinking his wine while this stuff was being destroyed, which just shows that he has filled his home with worthlessness. <laughs> it's all <laughs> worthless. You walk in, it's supposed to be so impressive. It's so worthless. And the one thing that has, that has value, you know, what piece, like even you and I, when we were talking about the scene, I think that's a, the, I think that's the Maltese Falcon. I think that's a, a globe. I think that's a thing that looks like a spear. I don't know what it is, but everybody, I don't care who the hell you are. Everybody has seen the freaking Mona Lisa. And so when there's, he actually brought something of, of real value into his home the 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 game he created was bs the mystery he created was nonsense the fuel Mm -hmm. source was disastrous the website doesn't it's not his idea the art is worthless so there's only one thing of value in the whole thing it was the one thing that he went out of his way to try to save and uh it didn't work and i think that was it was i think that was absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant like oh guess what i'm gonna there's one thing here with value and i'm gonna get that too <laughs> yep and there we go well you bring value to the table too ranking um and this is by the way this i i hope you had fun we had five you know five very eventful episodes i hope yeah. you had fun being our guest on this week here yeah thank you for having me you. uh if people want to hear more of vibe my voice they can go to madmaxminute.com where they can f- find my co-host julia and i talking about the mad max movies one minute at a time and if you are less of a post-apocalyptic movie enjoyer and more of a sword and sorcery nut you can go to swordboys.biz where you can find sword boys cut by cut talking about uh, movies like highlander and the beastmaster and hawk the slayer all sorts of uh, different movies you can also find links to the sword boys social media on that website as well we love to do little video snippets on our social media feed that you can get in between each episodes every other tuesday is when we release sword boys apps so you can find those on your favorite podcatcher you can listen if you want to hear me keep yapping if you want to if you're a baseball fan please check out Locked On MLB, where I talk about baseball all year long. And if you're a fan of the movie Bull Durham, 
Go ask your podcatcher for Bull Durham Minute, where I break down my favorite baseball movie of all time, the 1988 classic film Bull Durham. You can follow this podcast at Glass Onion Min on Twitter. On behalf of Rick Ingham, my name is Paul Francis Sullivan. I beg you to call me Sully. Thank you for listening of Glass Onion on Glass Onion Minute.